It's morning, it's sunny, it's um, quite warm actually, oddly enough, uh, in our winter time here, all that rain that, that we've had, but it's nice to be be here as usual. Uh, we were t- we've been talking about about fathers, about expectations, about how we're not aware often of our expectations of ourselves, of our kids. And the question that I had after the last chat was, how do we get to know ourselves? You know, you, 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 I think you finished off last time with saying, you know, the thing we need to do is get to, well, I said we should get to know our kids, as you had said previously, and then you said, and we also need to get to know ourselves. Like practically, Rob, how do we get to know ourselves amongst those expectations that we don't, we're not aware of? Yeah, good question, Stuart. <laughs> it's good that you, you know, you take me to, you know, to the part uh, of, of saying, now, what do we do with this? You know, um, yes, okay, but how do we do this? And um, I'm scowling at you, but I'm also glad you ask um, because it's, it's it's important. So, Stu, look, let me say at the outset that I think that we need to take that on board as an attitude. Um, I think that if we if we if we decide that we're going to keep looking at ourselves, be intentional about that. Um, make space, make those margins for self-reflection. Um, Already we will be, you know, on the front foot. Um, otherwise, what we'd be doing is we'd be simply living in the moment, in the relationship, in the emotion. Um, so how do we, how do we make space to also watch ourselves, to self-reflect, to think about? Um, and I think that that's really important. So finding the space, finding the time, being intentional, and realizing, okay, so. I in, I instinctively thought that my job was to change my family and get them to see the light. Um, I thought my job was to, you know, rescue my wife, make her into exactly the person that um, I had in mind when I first married her and my kids, you know, to, to show them the way and let me get on with it. And so we kind of get lost in the work, if you like. And we're so in the work that we're not really self-aware, we're not thinking. And I think it is around saying, look, hang on a minute, let me watch me in this because the work is in me. (laughs) Because, blow me down again, as I said, we will find in family life that there's a lot that doesn't go our way. And you said last time, and and thank you for raising it, Stu, that that doesn't mean that we yield, we acquiesce and say, okay, since you don't want to do this, I'm not going to, you know, pull, pull back. Breaks on, I'm wrong, My expe- I had expectations of you, I shouldn't. Of course we have expectations of our kids and we do as dads need to push. But I am saying though that, you know, as we go about being fathers, fathering is a work in ourselves as well and we've got to see it that way. So how do we do that? Well, I'm saying then once we make those margins, I'm saying when the people in our lives frustrate us. <laughs> When we aren't happy, and also when we're worried about our kids, look at that. At least look at it. Our anger, our frustration, our worry may be founded, well-founded, and we need to then uh, you know, turn to our family members and take it forward. But it might not be. It might be based on stuff that we realize we've been carrying for a whole bunch of reasons. And so we start to do this, I guess, ongoing work of of teasing apart what's me and what's you how much of me is actually in this Um, what am I actually trying to do here and why 
So I think that those would all be questions that would be good to ask ourselves. Um, and let's remember too that emotions come in in bunches. So, you know, we're angry with our kids. But then under, under the anger is worry. You were telling me a story earlier in between our sessions about, you know, really worrying for one of your kids. Um, and then, you know, what do you do with that? So, again, we look at ourselves. We realize what it is we're feeling. Tease it apart a little so that we can start to pick our lines and work out what is good, you know. In what ways does everyone win? Um, what's the right relational way? of going about this particular issue or matter. And so it doesn't have to be perfect, but I think if we pick our lines those ways, wow, I think that that can be amazing. And then lastly, I'll say, we watch, we look at the people in our lives, we try to register where they're at. We try to pay attention to the impact we're having on them. You know, um, <laughs> uh, what's it like for them to be in our space? Um, and how are they doing? Um, we watch them to gauge, you know, just exactly what we should do next. It's those kinds of things that I think um, will help us to to grow and to be self-aware in the ways I was chatting about last last time. So when when you say we need to look at ourselves, you know, when especially when those emotions emotions come, let's take an example. Let's take an example of. I'm worried my kid's not going to be a success in this world, you know, and I'm worried that they're not going to actually, like they're falling behind their peers. What would you say to a parent who's kind of got that going on? What What do you do with that? Absolutely, Stu, and I talk to parents about this every day. And often those parents are dads. They're not always dads, but dads will certainly talk like that with me. And, and Stu, to be honest, when they say that to me, they, there's a lot of emotion going on. Sometimes tears. Um, I'm worried about my, my, my child. I want them to be okay in the world. I want them to be okay in the, in the hard adult world that I know is coming for them. So one of the first things I do nowadays, now that I've learned a bit, is I say to them, you know, I so admire the love that you have for your child. That would be the first thing is we worry because we love. And I want to honor that about parents. I feel like, in a way, worrying is a part of the job. And I don't think that we get away from it. I mean, I, I don't know how we, we not worry. We don't worry for our kids. I think we, I think we have to learn to take it up. <laughs> um, so my kids have pretty much left school now. I worry for them more now. And I think that's partly because... They're not under my wings so much. I can't control a lot, a lot of the variables. So I worry more. Well, I'll let myself worry because I know it's because I love them so, so very much. And I'll say that to parents. Um, but then again, I've got to start to say, look, okay, that worry's there. Let's own it. Let's accept it. But let's not let the worry drive you to kind of do unconscious acts or say things you know, out of worry. And sometimes the things we say, the child hears it, but Stu, they won't see the worry. They'll just see the anger. Or again, as I said last time, they'll see a sense of, you're disappointed in me. So I spoke to a boy not long ago, and he said to me, you know, whenever my dad comes back from work, all he wants to know is how did school go, you know, and what, and have I done my homework? That's all he wants to know. 
And this boy said it to me in a, in, in a way that, you know, he was sad. He was troubled. He had a sense of, and this is the horrible thing of not mattering to his dad. It's like all he cares about is the work. He only cares about my marks. Now, the thing the boy doesn't know is that his dad asks those questions because he loves his son so much. And that's the sad thing for me is that father and son in this instance are missing each other. They're missing the point because worry's dictating in a kind of an unconscious way. And so much is going on between father and son. So much is transmitted both verbally and non-verbally. And they're both feeling really sore and out of, out of sorts with each other. But they don't even really know why. That's, that's, the, that's the heart-rending aspect for me. So what, what do you do in that situation, Rob? I mean, what, what would you say to, to a dad in that particular situation if you were sitting there with the dad? Okay, so I mean, I think I would, say to the, I would say to the dad, listen, I get it that you're worried and that that worry is because you care for your son and you want him to do well. I honor that. It's a part of your love. It's kind of your mandate as the dad to raise your boy. The problem is that you are communicating it in a way that your son is totally not seeing the love behind your words. He feels like you don't care. He feels like um, you're not interested in him or his world or what he really wants. And he's really, really worried on a kind of a daily basis that he's letting you down. That he's, for want of a better word, a disappointment to you. Now, I'm pretty sure that that dad would be saying to me, Rob, that is the last thing that I want my son to think. That is not the kind of impact that I want to have on him. And so I'd start to talk with the dad. I'd start to map out with him better ways of communicating his, if you like, um, the ways he prioritizes work. And I'd ask the dad to actually own it and to say, look, these are my worries. Please don't take them up. I don't want my worries to become your worries. I'm a fusspot. That's kind of my job. And I will do my level best to rein it in. And then the dad and son can start to move to a space of understanding. He can kind of free the boy up, if you like, and hopefully even a bit of humor can start to come into it and I think what humor does oftentimes in families is it kind of gives us that sense of oh yes we're all human beings aren't we ha 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 you know it's so weird how off offset we can we can be and he can say something along the lines of I tell you what I'll come in and ask you on a Wednesday only about your work and I will bring you your favorite chocolate when I do um, and please bear with me it's just because my worry barometer's got too high and then after that, I'm going to leave it and I'm going to practice trusting you because that's actually what I want to do is to start to strengthen you, not to weaken you. Well, I've just kind of thought of those sort of words. But what I'm saying really is that once we open it up, Stu, to be honest, the most profound conversations, sacred stuff really passes between father and son. Fathers can say things in that kind of open self-aware space that their sons will remember for the rest of their lives. So once we do this, we're into really tender, real, immediate parenting that I think does enormous things for the bond and for the well-being of our children. So what I think I'm hearing you say is that, first of all, we're all going to get it wrong. We're all going to do stuff like, you know, say things and, and head in directions. But it's, it's a matter of coming aware of that, reflecting on it, and then possibly even just talking openly and vulnerably with your children about it, Rob. 
Yes, absolutely. So one of my favorite writers on disappointment, a guy, Schaefer, um, he says disappointment is inevitable and common. And I kind of use the term ordinary disappointment because welcome to the human race. Um, and, you know, branching off from disappointment, we're going to get it wrong. We're going to have relational um, hiccups at the very least. And I mean, hiccups is a is a sort of a light term. I mean, it can be terrible. There can be real relational rupture, can't there? But even that, I want to say, it's all there potentially for the good. But we're the dads. We've got to, got to, got to have those margins. We've got to track our emotions. We've got to become aware of the things that we want, that we automatically, implicitly assume our kids should want as well. We've got to look at that. And then with that too, carefully track, how am I transmitting this to my, to my daughter, to my son? What's the impact on them? Do they get it? Or are they starting to think horrible things about themselves and maybe the relationship they have with me? So that kind of ongoing internal work, I think it comes with the deal. I think it's a part of being a mom, a part of being a dad. It's not easy. But Stu, I mean, gee, you know, Love isn't easy. Uh, family isn't easy. It's not meant to be. That's why it's so amazing. That's why it's so darn good. Yeah, absolutely, Rob. And I mean, I think, I think I grew up in an, in a in an era. Let's put it that way, rather than um, my parents being the issue. I think the era was the issue, where vulnerability and openness wasn't the norm, wasn't accepted, and it is something that I've tried to get better at. Is being more vulnerable and more open, but it actually, as you say, it is hard. Um, it's hard to open yourself up, and and I think probably the biggest issue, as I as I feel it, is sometimes you feel the sort of the guilt and shame too much, and you kind of then run want to run away from it, and I think what I've had to do is try and allow that stuff to kind of wash over me, <laughs> and let it be there, and not as you would often say lead me, so yeah I think that's that's been helpful to me. Sure, that's a great point, and that's why I said uh, two episodes ago, I think, a real, real encouragement to us dads to talk together. You know, we all feel this. <laughs> we all have this challenge. If, you, if we're going to be a dad, if we're going to be a father to a child, if we're going to actually be there, if we're in for the long haul, we're definitely going to encounter this. No one gets through without these significant bumps and scrapes. It's a part of it. And it's just such a good thing when we can sort of laugh and maybe even a little bit cry together, you know, because it's tough. No, absolutely. It is tough. And But I mean, it, it, it is also, your, you mentioned earlier, like humor. And I mean, I've got a friend who, uh, who kind of sort of rips off his children, you know, a lot. And I mean, I, I've learned a bit from that as well, is, is it, well, ripping off yourself, you know, um, in, in a humorous way. And, and, and your children also brings a certain, as you said earlier, a certain lightness to all of it as well. It's an interesting one, that, because I know we're close to the end. But apparently what research shows is that dads are more likely to josh and jibe with their kids than moms. I mean, I know it's a generalization, but it is quite a quite a common way for dads to engage with their kids and there's something about humor that um, acknowledges but also invites you know we're going to be okay it kind of takes us towards everything is okay type of feeling you know um, it's survivable I think that's what humor does 
with really sort of difficult spaces or tender moments. Um, we've got to watch it because our humor can, of course, have nasty edges to it, but it's certainly something I think, especially when we use it against ourselves, if, if, if that's the right phrase. But when we turn the humor on ourselves, I think if our kids can, without disrespect, smile at our humanity, start to see us for the fallible people that we are, well, gee, good thing, especially when we're able to to chuckle at our own foibles. I think that frees up the rest of the family really, really nicely. And, and, and possibly it also actually prepares our kids for life better when they can see that one day they'll also be fallible and that's okay. <laughs> it's all right to, to, to be that. Whereas if we're always the hero, we're always this perfect, strong, you know, everything's going well, I don't think that necessarily se- helps them. You're so right, Stu. I mean, look, that would be, to be honest, a disaster. You know, it's a space of, of profound dishonesty, really. Good, Rob. Again, I look forward to, to talking further about this next time.